What is going on, everybody? I am Greg Hellback, and my co-host, Michael Pinter, and I are bringing you another episode of the New York Real Estate Investing Show. This show is all about how to be successful in New York State, one of the best places and one of the most difficult places to do business in. And each and every week, Michael and I are going to bring awesome content to everybody who wants to learn how to do this business successfully in New York. Between the both of us, we have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals. We've made millions of dollars and we've also made a ton of mistakes. So if you want to try your best to avoid those mistakes, definitely take a listen to this podcast. Every single week, we are going to provide actionable tactical steps on how you can be successful investing in the Empire State of New York. Stay tuned and welcome to the show. What's up, everyone? We got another episode of New York Real Estate Investing. Michael and I are going to talk about a niche that I really like. I've had some success with. I've also ran into some issues with. Uh, this is the topic of condos, townhouses, and co-ops. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, uh, Michael, I'll have you give them, what's the definition of a condo slash townhouse? Because I mean, it's kind of gray. So a condominium is a multi-unit uh, building um, where there is a common area and you pay an HOA homeowner association fee and you are bound by a condominium rules. There are some rules that bound you, but you still get a deed for your own property. So somebody, something funny, somebody called me the other day. They go, Oh, I got this three family in Brooklyn. I'm going to convert it to condos. I'm like, take it easy. Good luck, bud. Not so easy converting things like in like I you know Tom Caffarel in Boston he does that all day he buys three families in Boston and he'll convert them to condos but in New York and a lot of places not so easy to convert to condos and then a townhouse is usually just a townhouse but there's some common area so there's an HOA fee you're going down or is it camera going up. <laughs> yeah we're good so the townhouse usually just has an HOA component where 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 there's some kind of shared space it's usually called a PUD a planned unit development yes yes yes. You all pay for like gardening. You'll pay like a hundred dollars a month for the gardening, and there's some common shared area, but you're not really bound by any rules. And then a co-op is something that investors you want to stay the hell away from. Um, even though I know a guy who actually does co-ops in in New York, the problem with a co-op is you don't get a deed. You only are buying shares in the cooperative uh, uh, corporation, so you don't get a deed. You get a a stock certificate, and you get a uh, what's it called? A lease. Uh, and you get a lease, a lease and a stock certificate. So the lease, you get like, you have a thousand shares out of a hundred thousand shares for a hundred unit co-op and you have a lease, which allows you to use it. But the problem with the co-op is they have a lot of restrictions. So oh. pretty much every single co-op, when you sell it, you have to, the buyer has to get approved. Just to give you an example, I have a friend who had a co-op in Manhattan and he had a buyer who for a great price who was a very wealthy guy the guy was showing like a million dollars in annual income had like 10 million dollars in liquid assets they were talking about him possibly being a member of the federal reserve that's how prestigious this guy was he worked for some big investment bank and co-op board didn't approve him so why they don't have to give a reason they're allowed to discriminate they are literally allowed to say i remember my wife's grandparents wanted to buy a pre-war a pre-war co-op back in the in like the 70s and they openly told them we're not approving you because you're jewish they're not going to say that now. that's fucked up bro they're not respond they're not really beholden to fair housing laws because they're a private corporation and they're not going to say to you now we don't let your race in there but they can openly discriminate and not give a reason why they're discriminating so you want to stay away from cost because think about buying a property finding the perfect buyer and then having them to go in front of a board and say and getting told uh sorry you're not approved 
So that's not oh something my God. not something you want to get involved with. So co-ops you should run away from. Now, the good thing about co-ops is they only really exist in New York, a tiny part of Florida, and a little bit of California. So if you're in the middle of the country, you don't have to worry about all about it. But if you're in New York City, uh, co-ops do are, are I would say, what is it? I think um, they're common. Thirty percent of the units in in Manhattan are are co-ops. So it's a big number. but it's a big portion. So you got to worry about it. So don't don't do co-ops. I know a guy who does them, but it's a huge. Uh, it's a huge, it's a huge downer to to have to get approved. Also, you got to get everything has to get approved, right? My my um, same wife's grandmother who got denied a long time ago. She 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 passed away. She was ninety six, and she she sold her co. I I I listed her co op for the estate, and I couldn't even bring in a mover who wasn't like on their approved list. Like what I had to do was insane to get things done. So don't don't deal with co ops. So let's let's not even talk about co ops. So it's cooperative or co op. Stay the hell away from those. But condos are really good, and uh, PUDs or townhouses are also really good. And we're going to talk about why. You've had a lot of success recently with them, and we should talk about why the advantages and disadvantages of doing a work on a, a buying and selling a condo or a condos in the in the tri-state area, to be specific. Yes, because I mean, New York, the Connecticut's like any no, nowhere else on the planet. You know, we should honestly almost call this the tri-state show, but we'll just keep it to New York just to just to narrow our audience even more. <laughs> but this stuff that we're talking about is pretty much relevant in North Jersey and also in uh, yes, West Connecticut too. It's the same shit. So the biggest thing I like about condos, I own them as rentals. I flipped them. I've wholesaled them. I've done everything you could think of with condos. And the biggest thing that I like as I'm going to just say as a rent, because I like rental condos even better is the maintenance that you're going to have on a condo is going to be very minimal because this is why the HOA that you pay every month is generally going to cover major capital expenditures from heating, usually roof, siding, windows, that HOA that you pay into. A lot of people complain about that, but that is really like your, your, your maintenance expense. Uh, and even some of your capital expenditure expense for the, for the month, which goes into the year PL. The thing with condos is that when you're buying them and you're going to rent them to tenants, you got to know like, okay, if you have a strong lease with a tenant and they're not responsible for dishwasher, washer and dryer, you're, 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 the stuff that you're going to have to fix, assuming you renovate the property correctly, is going to be very minimal. You put luxury vinyl plank down there, you put a toilet that's like indestructible, you know, you, you don't have them have a mic, like stupid shit that usually breaks. If you do your renovation right and you have the right lease, you're never going to hear from a condo uh, tenant because there's nothing to bitch about, right? Because everything in there is hard. I'm not saying you're never going to get a call, but you're most likely going to get way less calls on that than you're going to get if you're dealing with a single family house that has a boiler and has all the other bullshit that could break. So I like the fact that the maintenance is low. There's a lot of demand for people who want to rent condos. I've personally rented condos several times and I had a pleasant experience both times because you're just renting uh, the inside of a structure that's controlled by an HOA. So, you know, there's a lot of tenants like to live there. Uh, there's a lot of demand. You can charge pretty high rents because, you know, the tenant's not going to have a lot of maintenance or anything that they got to be really be responsible for, except for the inside of the house. And then on the flip side, pun intended, it's very easy to comp them out. Like when I'm looking at, I look at a lot of condo deals. We have, I think, five right now that we're buying California and New York. And the comps are super easy. You go on the MLS or you can go on Reddit. It's what, if, you, if, if you're comping condos out, that's when you really want the MLS because sometimes Redfin's a little fucky. Um, they just don't have the data or like, it's just, it's just fucking weird. So if you're doing MLS, if you're doing condos, you got to have the MLS, in my opinion. Uh, prop stream comps are now a train wreck. I don't even touch them with a 10-foot pole. Well, have they really gotten bad? There's no MLS data anymore. I know, but I, 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 they've still been pretty good from what I'm looking at. 
I, I don't know. I, I, there's no, it's all public record bullshit. I can find that on Zillow for free. I just use PropStream for lists and for research, but that's a different topic. Um, the MLS is key because you, in the MLS, at least in the Michael and I's MLS, you can go and do a specific condo uh, townhouse search, and then it's only going to look for condo data. So comps are easy. The only thing you got to look for is, is the condo updated, AKA ARV, is the condo reasonable, fair market, or is the condo need work? When it need work in a condo, though, is like kitchens original, bathrooms original, floors are original. Maybe it smells like cat pee. So like, there's really not like the, the renovations. Another that's another thing I want to mention. The renovations on a condo don't go off the rails. You're doing walls, you're doing floors, you're doing a kitchen, you're doing bathrooms, and that's about it. Maybe a hot water heater. So the renovation. I mean, really on a condo, assuming it's like a 1,200 square foot or less you're going to max out on like 30, 35 K rehab. I mean, you, you can't really, unless you put like Viking appliances in, you really can't over rehab a condo. It's not that because the big ticket items on fix and flips are with roof siding, boiler, plumbing. fucking mold. Plumbing, you know what I mean? Plumbing, like, electrical, yeah. yeah. You're not condos. That's not going to really be reality. So anyway, what's, what are your thoughts on that? So I, I've never bought a condo to rent. So my experience with condo is that there, there's pros and cons, right? So you, the, the big advantage is what you said, that it's easy to comp out, right? So if I have a building and it's 12-story building and this is uh, 8G, if I can comp out another G line, that's exactly the same size. And I know like anything in that line is going to be the same. Yeah. So easy to comp out. You can see what people, the demand, how long things stay on the market, very easy to find. But with the renovations, while you're right that it's usually not so much, the problem is sometimes the condo is restrictive. Like they only let you come in during certain hours. They may only let you do certain things. So it's, you got it. Every single condo you want to find out. So but you want to find out how restrictive is the, are the, what, what do they call them? The CCR, the something, something, the regu- the regulations of the condo, right? Some, and some condos are easy. They don't care. They'll let you come anytime. They'll let you do use whoever you want. And some condos will bust your balls on it. So you got to be careful with it. Um, because when I used to buy at auction, very often at auction, the condo, the HOA was auctioning off the the property, the property theoretically. So the HOA lien, they hadn't been paid, so they'll they'll they'll, they'll auction off. But in that situation, it's very often it's subject to a first mortgage. So you may have to buy it with the first mortgage. So the people going up there, they go, "Oh, that's a million dollar condo. I'm going to go buy it for two hundred thousand. And somebody would go, "Hey, asshole! There's a there's a one point four million dollar loan on it that you're going to take with it. Also, like people didn't know. So you have to you got to be aware of that when you're buying at auction. But but also some buildings are easy and some buildings are hard. And you might want to do a little research before you buy something to find that out. Because um, I've 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 been in situations where I bought a condo and I thought that um, it was going to be easy, and then I found out that I'm only allowed to use like. Uh, uh, three approved contractors to come into the building. And then makes, yeah. makes things complicated. You just need to look into it and see what's going on before you do it. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's the, that's, that's actually a perfect uh, segue to our, our like main part of the, the show today is really HOAs, right? How to deal with them. And I, like I said, I've done a decent amount of condo deals. I haven't done, you know, 50 plus. So I, I know what I know up to this point. I'm sure we're, both of us will learn more. The biggest thing I found with HOAs, okay, so when you're actually closing on a condo, and I, I do this all the time, you, you're the seller, this is not, this is the seller's responsibility, uh, or the seller's attorney's responsibility, you need to get this thing called an HOA packet, and they need that for closing. So what the HOA packet is basically, it's, it's information stating that what the HOA fees are going to be, what the rules are, what the restrictions are, and um, it's just going to give you like a guideline how to pay, what the rules are, and all that bullshit. So 
you need to have that before you close, because if you don't have the HOA packet and you take title on a condo, you can, you can be in trouble. So the biggest thing that will hold you back uh, when it comes to flipping condos, and I actually had this happen in Rockland County, but um, we bought a condo with a squatter in place and um, you technically need to live there for two years in order to rent it. But they made an exception because the, the squatter was out of our control and there was a bullshit moratorium because New York is a socialist republic. Uh, we ended up selling it, but it, you know, that could have been a pretty big setback. Um, so yeah. what, what I mean by that is like some HOAs will, will decide. And this has actually happened to my parents who are certainly not real estate investors. They actually got hosed up on a condo. They bought a condo in Middletown back before I was born, obviously. And this was obviously a long time ago. And the, the condo was developed by a builder and then he sold all the units to owner occupants. And a lot of these owner occupants got out after a while and the HOA didn't care that they like that the people rented the condos because they obviously paid market and they couldn't really sell because the market was a little fucky. Um, this is in like the 90s. And then what ended up happening was a lot of like gangsters ended up coming into this condo and it turned into like a little bit of a war zone. And then the whole entire complex took a shit. And then it became all tenant occupied. And it was like going to Beirut to collect rent. My dad used to be <laughs> a landlord there. And he's like, dude, it was a disaster. Um, so they your actually- dad, Your dad was a police officer. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's a little, he's a scary guy too. I used to- And, he was, ar- and he was armed and he was still afraid. He was armed, yeah. And he, so he, he had that as a rental. He eventually sold it. But the point of what I'm saying is HOAs sometimes will be, will be aware of that. So what they'll do is they'll pretty much put a governor and New York needs a new governor, but that's never a topic. They'll put a governor on, you can only rent your unit if you live there for two years or more. So it prevents a transient crowd from coming into the unit and causing some bullshit. So um, you got to know that because you can know the rule. Co-ops, a lot of co-ops will let you rent, but only for two years. How about that? (laughs) Sons of bitches. That's very common. We'll let you rent for two years, but then you got to move in. We're not, we're not approving your tenant. So all all these things are are something you got to look into, right? A lot of people think you can rent the condo, but like you say, if they tell you it's only after you live there for two years, then you better know that before you start to rent it. And there's a million stupid rules that show up with condos, but there are some condos who really don't care. And there are condos that are very restrictive rules, like you say. And, and you can understand from the owners and the HOA's perspective that they're making rules that they hope will protect the building, but sometimes they make doing what we do very, very difficult. Yes, exactly. So I actually had a deal that I walked away from around COVID and I, I didn't do my homework, but it was in Middletown. There's was, was a lot of condos in Middletown. If you're, if you're familiar with the Middletown area, if anyone listening, it's like a relatively big city in Orange County, but um, actually one Orange, County, Orange County Fair. Have you been there before? <laughs> yeah, all the time. I used to go every year when I was young. You're going to the, you're from like Nassau County, bro. That's like two hours. Oh, I, I used to summer, I used to summer in, in Mountaindale up below 17. So yeah, we used to go to County Fair every year. Yeah. Teeth are optional at that place. Let me tell you what, teeth are yeah. optional there. Like you want to see Jeff Foxworthy's, you might be a redneck, skip that shit. Just go to the Orange County Fair. They got hair like me, but they got no teeth. <laughs> People watching YouTube, they're like, this guy, Greg is nuts. <laughs> so, so here's the deal. So I had a property and it was a pretty good deal. It was actually a really like, some condos are shitty and they look like, you know, like a, like a housing project in the Bronx. And then other condos are really nice. Like you're like, Oh, this is gorgeous. It's like beautiful. I own one that looks really, really nice. Like it's beautiful siding. So this one, I was really appealed to buy. And it was right when COVID happened. So all these sellers really didn't know what was going on. We went to get the deal done and it turned out that the couldn't, you couldn't rent the property. You had to sell the property. 
um, if you were going to buy it short term. So I didn't like that. I was going to keep it as a rental. And I just said, you know, I was like, I forget about it. But but you got to know that going in because there's there's buildings that, well, you can get into contract and you can think you're buying a house or wholesaling it and the HOA can shoot you right down. So you got to really spend the time. You got to have your attorney you get yeah. the paperwork. You got to revise or it. Or you got to, or you got to actually make a call and you got to, you got to say what, you know, tell me about this, call somebody on the board. I mean, they're normal people. And just say, I'm oh, thinking about well, playing. You know, be surprised. Right. You hope they they're not from their high school football team and they got to get revenge. You know, these assholes. All right. You want to go and go, what restrictions do I have? Can I rent it? What can I do? What can I not do? What can I use any contract where I want? Can I, you know, you want to get all the answers to things that apply to, to what we do. Totally. Totally. You, you want to hear a crazy condo setback story from, from my friend, uh, you know, him, Devin, he, he, oh my God, he had this lead in Port Jervis, which is like, if you want to see no teeth, just go to Port Jervis. No teeth, like dentists. I have driven through Port Jervis. Take eighty four. If the seventeen is bad, you take eighty four over yeah, to Port. Take eighty four. Yeah, yeah. You take this one around. So, so, so there's, there's a. I get leads here all the time. I need to basically get these for free because it's like meth head Jeff is renting to his cousin who's married to his sister. It's like you just don't want to get involved there. So, <laughs> so, dude. So, Devin gets this lead. We're golfing last summer. He's like, dude, I almost picked up this condo for twenty five k, but the HOA literally vetoed the sale. So. In order to sell and buy condos, you, the HOA has to ultimately be like, okay, this is the buyer. Okay, this is the price. And usually they don't care. Probably some, most, most HOAs don't get involved, but some some do. You got to yeah. be careful. This one, they saw that he was buying it for 25K and the thing was worth like 70. They literally said, fuck you. We're buying it ourselves. And they bought the fucking... They, they yeah, they, that's what they do. HOAs have the right of first refusal. They can't stop you from buying because it's your deed, but they have right of first refusal if they think you're doing too small. On a co-op... They can literally say, because they have to approve the buyer, no. So the situation I was talking about before, just to go back to that, um, the, con- the call was worth 600000 and I think I got an offer for five ninety, and they said, no, it has to be six hundred. So I said to the seller, let's just make the price six hundred. I'll give you $10,000 sales concession, and we made it happen. But people didn't know about the seller's concession, they'd be like, oh, no, like because they, they said we have, to, we have to protect our prices. That's ridiculous. Protect this price, pal. <laughs> yeah so you got to know what you're doing uh you got to yeah. really um you got to be able to the, the hoa so like I've, I've also done condos where like this i actually own it it's it's in technically it's speaking if we're going to get all specific it's a townhouse so this is also in middletown uh, for some reason i like these properties in middletown so really? so is i bought two? this thing there's there's actually there's so this this is a pud actually it's not a con it's it's a pud but it's not a townhouse so what if if you ever want to come to middletown mike call me i'll take you around and i'll show you what's going on but basically there's all these little mini developments up there and they look like they're townhouses because they're obviously all the same but if you actually drive around there they all half of them look like bug shit because there's no hoa and there's no rules so they're great rentals because like you're only responsible for like, you know, the, the front and the back and the roof. Like you don't have to Absolutely. worry about the walls, but there's a lot of sketchiness going on because there's, there's, you know, there's just a lot of transient people there. So like I bought this property, I thought there was going to be an HOA. There ended up being no HOA, but I'm responsible for maintenance. So I had to put a new roof on it and, you know, you have all this bullshit. So, you know, I actually like paying the HOA, assuming it's reasonable and it's, that they're really adding value because snow removal is not an issue mowing the grass is not an issue. These are real expenditures, especially if you're flipping homes that, that suck. Like, I don't want to send the, the grass cut guy there. I don't guess what? That, and that's exactly why people buy condos because they don't want to deal with that stuff. So, so I have somebody else deal with it. I like, honestly, I like living in condos. I really like condos because I, I like being in a unit. 
You like condos or you're more of a house guy? They're both the pros and cons to both. I mean, you have less room in a condo, but you but you have advantages of things you don't have to take care of. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, so yeah, that that was an interesting. Um, so what, Mike, down in Long Island? I mean, you know, there's a lot of Long Island listeners. What have you found? Like, like, are there more condos in Nassau, Suffolk? What is it? What is the kind of the skinny like? Because in, in all my area, they're mostly in like Middletown and shit. So they're in like certain areas. Um, there's a lot in Nassau and there's a lot in Suffolk, right? There's a lot, there's a lot, but there's more, um, buildings, bigger condo buildings in Nassau and, and obviously in New York in the city. So, uh, there are a lot of people who build, build condos. Um, but lately not, not so many condos being built. Mostly people are buying to, to sell. So these big, big home builders like Beachwood, they're building all over the place in Nassau. But they're building like townhouses just to sell. To sell, I don't. I don't even think they're condos. They just. They're just attached. Any place where they could buy land, they just bought huge, huge, these massive, you know, like eighty unit long townhouses and rows of them. They're doing them in Oceanside. They're doing them in uh, all over the place. Any place they can. So, uh, but there's definitely more as you get closer to Manhattan, and then once you get into the five boroughs, they're they're, oh, they're everywhere. 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 Every building is a condo in Manhattan. I've never, you can do the row homes, but those or are co-op, you know, or co-ops. Yeah. yeah, or rent, yeah. No, but a lot of more rentals. So they're, they're just rental buildings, you know, where, where some, some dude bought it for $12,000 in 1965. And oh now it's worth 50 million. Right. And you know, what's funny with New York city on that note, like, so you can go to Detroit and Michigan and buy a house for five, five bucks. Like not, not a joke. Like you can literally buy a house for $5 in Detroit and that's a big Less. city. Less. Right. But then for some, and, and, you know, Detroit, I wouldn't say is the most beautiful place in the world, but I mean, there's certainly nice parts of Detroit at all as, as well. Manhattan and the Bronx, especially the Bronx, the Bronx is like straight up sketchy. Like you don't want to like go most around unless you're in the not right all, area. Not all of it. There are some good areas. But well, some of the, some of the Bronx is like really sketchy. Like, so like the South Bronx, like if you're not by Yankee stadium, but yet the real estate is so expensive there. And it doesn't really, it, it's interesting how that works. Like, why do you think New York City, for some reason, even though it is dangerous, holds its value so much? Where Detroit is like the opposite and it's a city. Capital, listen, I think someone told me that there's only two times, two cities in history had a million people and went and went below. One was Rome, Italy, and the other one is Detroit, Michigan. Like, it's just falling apart and um, it hasn't rebounded yet. There's a guy, you know, Dylan Tanaka. So Dylan Tanaka is in Detroit area. And Dylan, he says, like in the in Detroit City area, he could only sell a house to a guy who's going to rent it, because the values of these things are so much lower than than they're they're crazy. Like things go for twenty thousand dollars; it would cost eighty thousand dollars to like the replacement value is eighty thousand dollars. As a rental, somebody can take it and do screw around with it and, and make money with it, and it's crazy. But New York City really is just—it's the capital of the world. It's always been—it's uh, a place where there's so much activity and so many things. There's never a lack of demand for um, buyers or renters in it, and it's just—it's never had that fall like Detroit had. Detroit got was was bound by the auto industry and and all these massive guys who were working in the same industry for forty years. They all. You know, half those half those things closed, and all the production went other places, and factories closed, and 
it was really dependent on one industry, Detroit, right? New York is industries. Yeah, that's just what happened to it. Yeah, New York's got so many different industries and it's just such a, a staple to it. It's like the first city on the East Coast. So if you come from Europe, it's like really there. And then so Detroit's kind of in like it's in the Midwest. So anyway, so let's let's other talk. I want to start to wrap the show up as we as we do that. I want to talk about why should you consider buying condos from, from Michael and I's experience. Number one, there's less competition flat out. If you're mailing a condo list, if you're mailing a you know, anyone where there's condos involved, I have found from my experience, you're going to compete with less people. Certainly there's going to be competition, but less people want condos for some reason. I, I personally, I think that's great because that means more for me, but you're going to have less competition, generally speaking, in, at least in New York, it might be different in Florida. And then you're also going to be able to, I think have a, like the conversation, the negotiation with the seller is a little bit more straightforward because the condo comps are easy. The value is easy. Um, so if you're a newbie and you want to get a deal under your belt, you you will have an easier time figuring out what a condo will sell for versus a house that's on a septic system. Is that what do you what do you think about that, Mike? I agree 100. I think there's much more on, on a house. There's more. It's it's more complicated and it's harder to comp out. Condos do offer uh, severe advantages. Easier to comp out and easier to fix. And you just you just got to really figure out what's going on with the HOA because well, it seems like an easy deal, as your friend Devin found out, can turn into a disaster if the HOA decides they, we won't allow that price in our building. That's crazy. You know, some old geezer feels like he has to protect it. You know, it's so stupid because Devin would have bought it for 25 and he would have freaking fixed it up and sold it for 150 after. Instead, these idiots are going to go and argue over what color uh, toilet paper holder should be in there for six six years. Totally. I know they, they, they all got cut from their high school football team. Their prom date declined them. You know, it's like, dude, trying to get power somehow. Yeah. It's like, dude, she wasn't even that hot, man. <laughs> anyway. So what about this? Actually, I, I, I'm, we're giving Devin some free advice if he's listening. So what if that objection happened? And instead of, so if he's like, okay, forget about it, idiots. I won't do that. What if he buys it off the seller for a hundred, but he gets a $75,000 credit at closing. Is that like fraud or can you do that? Technically speaking. <sighs> Think about it. Like you could do it. You could do it. Uh, they would. They, all they, all they care about is what it's going to be it's listed right. on Zillow. That's all they care about. All they care about is what it's going to look like, so they can protect themselves. I would. I would have told Devin to do that. I would have told Devin, tell the seller, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a hundred grand and just uh, or seventy grand and just give me a fifty thousand dollar credit. Yeah, because that because it's basically the recording. They don't want it to record at twenty five grand because then they'll be like, oh well, who this is this is gonna. Screw our comps up. But you're gonna hurt our, our values are plummeting. Well, dude, it's in Port Jervis. It's a, basically it's in Pennsylvania. What do you expect, I mean, it's bro? Stupid because he, he, Devin was gonna end up selling it for much more because he was probably gonna add value to it. They just they don't they don't understand that. They don't understand that. Yeah. So so so, <laughs> I want to end the show with it with a funny condo story. This I might have mentioned this before, but um, I think it's worth it's worth uh, worth mentioning. So. Here's that's actually happened last year in 2021. I bought a condo and the tenant wouldn't leave and the seller was like super pissed. So he's like, I'll sell it to you. You can't see it. And that's another thing I like about condos is I can do sight unseen deals with condos because I know what the worst case scenario is going to be. That's another advantage. If you're buying, this is more if you're, if you're brand new, do not do what I'm telling you to do. But if you have, if you have experience, you can make sight unseen offers with condos and it's pretty much worst case scenario. It's going to be 30 grand if it's a total bombshell. Anyway, I buy a condo. The, the HOA said, you can't rent it, but we'll allow this, you know, this, this squatter to stay here. We can't kick him out. Can't kick her out anyway. You can't kick her out anyway. 
Yeah, exactly. So they, they just were like, whatever, just proceed. So I buy this condo. I actually found out what happened. I'm pretty sure. Cause there was a lot of bullshit that happened. So I I'm trying to get this tenant out and you know, it's not, it's going nowhere. This moratorium was still going on. I got a call out of the blue five months, no, three months later. And someone's like, Hey, are you Greg Hellbeck? I want to buy your condo. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like there's a, <laughs> here. what do you mean you want to buy my condo? Cause we were trying to negotiate with the squatter. Yeah, they, get her out. Yeah. Yeah. They just told me like, forget about it. So I'm like, all right. So what ended up happening is this guy made me an offer, a cash offer as is sight unseen. And I'm like, this, uh, this sounds like too good to be true. Too good to be true. I'm like, dude, you got, I'm like, listen, I'm not a negative person, but I'm not an idiot at the same time. I said, this, this sounds like you're suing. I was, bo- I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm going to totally start using that. Born at night, but not last night. <laughs> dude, that might be the funniest thing I've heard all week. I'm serious. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Anyway, so this guy makes me an offer and we, we end up selling him the property. We made a good, good profit on it. And I'm like, this is super weird. Like I had the money and it worked like, it, but, but I, I actually did some homework and the seller texted me and he goes, Hey man, have you gotten this, the squatters out? And I'm like, dude, I sold that motherfucker and I made a nice profit. And he goes, what? I'm like, impossible. I, I said, bud, like you got your money. I said, so I ended up looking up what happened. And I think from what I can find, the attorney who randomly solicited me was related to these idiots. And he literally bought the condo for these jerks. And now it's theirs. And they paid me like pretty much market price. So I got lucky, but um, that was well, a cool crazy. I've had, listen, usually when something seems too good to be true, it usually it is. is but once in a while, it actually happens. I had a guy offer me money and tell me he was going to close in two weeks. I thought there's no chance. And he closed in two weeks. Like, I, I, it happens. Not all the time, though. No, usually. You're going to get disappointed more than pleasantly surprised. Listen, we're, 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 we're skeptical. So, so but, but we might as well let it happen if it's going to happen. So it's good. Yeah, that's it. Mike, any condo stories you can remember? Any, any case studies on condo? I know you, you do more houses and, and multifamily. Do you have any, anything you can re- recall? Nothing that's that's that stands out. Just just that that, that deal where I almost bought a house at at the auction, um, on an HOA lien, and when I first started, because I thought I knew what I was doing, and luckily <laughs> some guy tapped me on the leg. I was as I was walking up to give my ten percent deposit, and he goes, "There's a first lien mortgage on it." And I go, "How much?" And he goes, "A million bucks." I'm like, "I was wondering why I was the only one who made an offer on it." So that was the that was the those are things you learn over time, but uh. It's interesting how HOA liens work, and it's different in different places and in different counties. But the HOA lien technically is is uh, you know it, it, I think it's even prior to the to the first lien mortgage. But when they sell something at auction for somebody who doesn't pay their HOA fees, they sell it subject to like the first mortgage doesn't go away, so the first mortgage e stays there. And what a lot what a lot of guys would do is they would go at the auction and buy these HOA liens for a little bit of money, so like five grand. And they would say, I have a chance of negotiating with the first lien mortgage holder to get this thing down and then may, maybe make it into a deal. And they're like, I'm willing to, to take a, it was almost like an option. I'll pay five grand or 10 grand for this, for the ability for me to go to the lien holder and say, can you give me a reduction of price? Some yeah. of these guys say, you know, sometimes they make money, sometimes they don't. But that was really my, my I don't have any eye-opening experiences on, uh, on uh, dealing with condos. Everything was pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know with the condos. It's like, it's, it's, it's worth, in my opinion, if you're listening to this and you want some actionable advice, 
you should add it to your marketing list. That's all I got to say. You should add it to your marketing list, especially if you're new, you're going to be able to comp these things out easier. You know, I, I, if you're listening and you're local to my area, I will buy your condo from you if you're a wholesaler. So add it to your list. It's worth, you know, it's, it's worth taking swings at. You just got to make sure you do your homework on the HOA. And if you're wholesaling the condo, it's the same thing. You just got to make sure that, you know, you're getting it at a good deal to where an investor would want to buy it. And then you should, if you're wholesaling a condo, you should also do some research on the HOA um, because then when you go sell your deal to the investor, you can tell them exactly what the deal is and then it'll make their life easier. Maybe they'll pay more, pay you more money. So definitely check condos out, stay away from co-ops, townhouses are even better because they're more appealing for renters. Um, and you know, hopefully people listen to this and they, they get some condos and they can, uh, they can know what to expect, but there's definitely less competition in that, uh, niche and you can make great money flipping them. They're personally, I like them better for rentals than houses. Um, usually the cash flow is the same after you account for the HOA. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. And, um, there's always going to be a lot of demand for condos, at least in our area, because there's a lot, you know, right by the city. So hopefully you got some value from the show. If you did, please leave a review on Spotify, leave a review on iTunes. This is the best way to promote our show. Take a picture of it on social media and share it with all your followers. And then last but not least, if you're ever uh, so nice, if you can take this link that you're listening to. If you're not driving and share it with three or four people and get the word out to other people who benefit from the show. We'll see you guys on the next episode and hope everyone has a good day. Take care. Bye-bye.